I first started running about 15 years ago as a way to quit smoking. Back then, my running clothes were very Rocky Balboa, so sweatpants, sweatshirt. Anyone who goes hiking or trail running knows that it's a lot easier and a lot more fun when you're wearing the right gear. Jonji makes performance apparel that'll take you farther on your runs and hikes. They have this merino wool hoodie that I wore on multiple trail runs this weekend. It's soft, it's warm, and most importantly, it does not get stinky when you get stinky. Another reason to love Jonji is that they donate 2% of all sales towards clean water projects, raising nearly $1 million so far. Head to Jonji.com to find your new favorite trail wear, outdoors accessories, and essentials. And use the code OUTSIDE for 10% off at Jonji.com. That's J-A-N-J-I.com with the code OUTSIDE for 10% off. When I was a little kid, my whole family, grandparents included, packed into a Dodge Caravan and went on a two-week road trip to Wyoming. We saw the rodeo in Cody, a grizzly bear in Yellowstone National Park, and an epic thunderstorm near Devil's Tower. On that trip, I fell in love with the West and the natural world. This might sound cheesy, but it kind of made me who I am today. Wyoming has it all. Breathtaking hikes, kid-friendly museums, two of the coolest national parks in the country. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Oh, hey, friends. This is Outside In. I'm Sam Evans-Brown, and we have got something slightly different for you this week. My origin story was I was a cabinet maker, and that was really awesome at first, but a few years passed, and I just became the sanding guy. So I was, like, losing my mind uh, in, a, in, a, in a spray booth or sanding, and, you know, you have to wear all this protection. So I've got uh, a mask on, and I've got hearing protection on, and I'm just, like, in an isolated bubble eight hours a day, five days a week. Meet Jacob Lewis. I'm Jacob Lewis, host of... Hold on, i got a weird thing in my throat. Jacob is the host of Neighbors, a podcast with Nashville Public Radio. He started his podcast after that really awesome, but then later really isolating work meant that he was listening to lots of podcasts on the job. As under-the-radar local public radio podcasts go, it's like the top of my list. His tagline for the show is, get to know your neighbors. But I think that kind of undersells the mission of this show. It's almost like I want to model what intimacy could look like for people who don't have it. You know, and I do think about myself back in the cabinet shop. Like, I want to just show people that, like, you know, having emotions and, and trauma and even, you know, positive things, like, all of that is part of the human experience and can be shared. It's not just, you don't have to just cry in your standing booth by yourself, (laughs) you know? It's like (laughs) something that can be very life-giving and very affirming to, to me at least, and I hope it is for others too. For the longest time, I thought there was not much overlap between our two podcasts. His stories were mostly sad ones about individual people overcoming people problems, whereas I like to make jokes and our show can get a little issuey as Jacob puts it. But last summer, Neighbors posted this story. So sit back and enjoy the episode. And if you're confused about what this has to do with the outdoors, just wait for it. The connection is there. Jacob here, uh, just warning you that this episode contains a fair amount of profanity used in a very matter-of-fact way, and also just some pretty heavy subject matter regarding suicide. 
If there are young listeners around and you don't want to expose them to that, I suggest turning this off now. All right, here we go. I usually prepare myself for crazy things. Robert Person Sr., or Percy as everyone calls him, has been through a lot of loss. But as an 80-year-old shoe shiner in downtown Nashville, he can't really afford to let anything stop him. I prepared myself for my mother's death. I prepared myself for my brother's death. You know, I prepared myself. You know, uh... Go ahead. He prepares himself so he can get back to work. Sound service. So, when do you think, I mean, do you have any end in sight for this? Yeah, when I die. So you're just going to shine shoes I until you go? Shine shoes until I get to where I can shine. It's my living. What am I... I don't know. I was just curious. It's my living. What, what, else, what else am I going to do if I stop? I don't know. I don't, I don't have retirement. I ain't never had retirement. Because all I've been doing all my life is shining shoes. Shining shoes, bitching and fishing. I don't know what it is to take a break. I don't break. But I always got something to do. I always got something to do. Like I got a job I do and I leave here every day. A cleanup job. After shining shoes all day, he goes and cleans an office downtown. A cleanup job is hotter than this job. So when I leave from here, regardless of how tired I am or how I feel, I got to go do my cleanup. <laughs> so you're just worn out. How did you guess? <laughs> I'd be all right. I'm Jacob Lewis, and from Nashville Public Radio, you're listening to Neighbors, a show about what connects us. Today, Percy. An 80-year-old shoe shiner who just can't stop. Mercy. What's up, man? Hey, what's happening? Come on, come on. So much. Is it a good time? Yeah, I guess it's okay. <laughs> we don't let that damn movie disturb you up there. What are we watching? Wick 2. As Percy fiddles with turning off the movie John Wick 2, he says goodbye to a customer. Okay, partner. Get some fishing done, man. All right, now. Percy's a tall, fit man with slicked back hair, the shiniest cowboy boots you've ever seen, and oversized sunglasses permanently fixed to his face. Even though he just turned 80 years old, he looks closer to 60. His giant hands and toned forearms have been shining shoes for the past 70 years. How old were you when you started then? Mm, about 19. When I started shining shoes, at 25 cents a pair. This was the late 40s. Percy grew up in a historically black part of Nashville on Jefferson Street. He never knew who his father was and dropped out of school in the sixth grade. He says he walked in the front door the first day of school and then walked straight out the back. From that time on, I was on the street taking care of my own self. He earned money shining shoes on the sidewalk. It was great in the summer, but too cold in the winter, until he finally got his own place. The first shoe shine stand I had was so little that I had to step out and let the customer and then I come in. <laughs> it was just enough room for me and him in a chair. Shoe after shoe for about 40 years landed him in downtown Nashville in an area called the Arcade, where he opened his family shop called Percy's Shine Service. Service in the name? That's important. So my one says Percy's Shine Service, not Percy's Shoe Shine. So if you're coming here to get a shoe shine, I give you what your shoes need other than a shoe shine. They might need cleaning. 
They might need dyeing if they're black, you know. If they're brown, we won't mess with them. It's a lot more to shining shoes than just shining the shoe. He's there five to six days a week. It's a small and cluttered yet comfortable place with pictures of politicians and celebrities on the wall. James Brown, Goober Pyle, former governor of Tennessee Phil Bredesen, deceased Tennessee Titan Steve McNair. Did you shine his shoes? Yeah. If you don't shine your shoes, you don't get on the wall. I've had my shoes shined by Percy three times. The only three times I've ever had my shoes shined. When you sit down, he lays his hands on your shoes like he's reading them. He glances over to his cans of polish, tucks your laces in, rolls up your pant leg, and then gets busy. One time he used a brush with some water and saddle soap and cleaned the tops. Then he took a dime and rubbed it along the section where the sole connects to the shoe to get all the soap off. He put one type of polish on with a rag and buffed then another with his thumb. He pulled out a heat gun to open up the pores on the shoe, a necessity of cheap leather, he said. Then comes the intense buffing with a rag and a mere finish. I've been doing this 69 years. I didn't learn this yesterday. A shine costs $7, 10 if you leave it overnight. And he admits that he undervalues himself. But I'm not in the right city to get paid for the, for the work I'm doing. Earlier in his career, he had other ways of making money. See this picture here? Yeah. He shows me a black and white photo from the late 60s. He's wearing a nice suit and vest, holding up a cigarette, and just looking off into the distance. I done been through some shit that I don't care to talk about. I never smile, because at one time I was in serious business. We didn't smile, we didn't have a damn thing to smile about. That serious business is what Percy refers to as street hustling. Can you give me one example of street hustling? Uh, one example of street hustling is... Uh, you just do stuff to make money. You, you do stuff you can make money off of them. You, you take advantage of it. You, you see a deal, mm-hmm. you take advantage of the deal. You know, it's like receiving and concealing. You know, a lot of that's been going on. That's called street hustling. You know, right now, street hustling is selling drugs. Right. When I was coming up, street hustling was receiving and stealing. Oh. What do you mean receiving? Receiving is uh, buying stolen articles. Ah, gotcha. Then you resell it. That's receiving. <laughs> that go, I mean, that goes on, man. In Percy's 70 years shining shoes, he's seen fashions change, along with his clientele. On Jefferson Street, he shined mostly black men's shoes. Probably 90% black or 90% Negro, because I was in an all-black neighborhood. But when he moved to the bottom floor of a bank downtown, his clients were mostly white. It was a new level of stress for Percy. A lot of people handle shoe shiners like, hell, they just shining shoes, fuck with them. No, you ain't gonna do me like that. I take my work very, very serious. And it wasn't just bad treatment from customers. Also around that time, Percy had a brother who was shot. Percy's mom took care of him, but her health started to decline. So Percy started to take care of them both. He would work all day shining shoes, clean an office at night, and then go take care of his mom and brother. Sometimes after that, he would have to shine more shoes to be ready for the next day. He was stressed, and some of his clients weren't very respectful of that. People push you, man, when you're in business. I'm in business by myself, nobody but me. And I'm being pushed with people bringing in five and six pairs of shoes and going back tomorrow and four or five this. I'm working by myself. I got a full-scale business going on by myself, plus my brother. So I was doing that. And I would be shining shoes at uh, 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning, smoking cigarettes, drinking a pot of damn coffee. 
and then come back and work all day the next day. That's what about the stress and the heart attack on. Hear about Percy's near-death experience and why it happened after the break. Hi, I'm Lale Arakoglu, host of Women Who Travel. Each story from our guests and listeners is totally unique and utterly personal. We love hearing about your first impressions when visiting someplace new. My first trip to the Patagonia region was on the Argentine side. I couldn't believe the expansive territory. It's like being in Tibet. The emptiness and the harshness really, I found transformative. Or a story told when safely back on dry land. You know, things happened every single day. I ran out of gas on a jet ski in the middle of the ocean. And I was like, what if a sea creature comes to eat me? But then I'm delusional. I was like, I'll make friends with it and it won't eat me. And maybe I'll ride that back to shore. That's how it works. (laughs) Join me, Lale Arakoglu, every week for more adventures on women who travel, wherever you listen to your podcasts. A heart attack. What's up with that? Uh, okay. I was shining shoes when it happened. I realized something was wrong with me, but I didn't know what. So I walked out the bank and sat down out there in front of the bank. And uh, and uh, some guy walked by and said, hey, man, do you know how fast your heart's supposed to beat or how many a minute? He knew. I went, damn, man, I doing that three times. My heart was like this. He patters on his chest rapidly. Oh. And, uh... Slava was coming out of my mouth. Got myself back together, went right back down the steps about an hour later. Went right back and started shining shoes. He tried to ignore it, but over the next few days, he started to lose weight rapidly and became very irritable. So I went to the doctor. He said, when you had that heart attack? I went, what heart attack? He said, you done had a heart attack. You done had a serious heart attack and went back to work? I went, yeah. I was kind of sick for a day or two. I started losing weight. He said, you one lucky man. And uh, the doctor said, well, Mr. Person, the only thing I can find with you is you got the worst case of stress in any one man that I ever seen, anybody. The doctor told him to take a week off and that he had to find a way to de-stress his life. What is your stress release? Fishing and bitching. <laughs> <laughs> fishing and bitching. Yeah, I fish and bitch all day long. I, <laughs> I bitch to keep the stress off. Percy loves the outdoors. He'll just go into the woods by himself and hike. He doesn't worry about a trail. He just heads into the woods and tries to find his way out again. I got lost down in the Aston City hiking one time. I was in the damn woods for about an hour and a half, couldn't get out of there, and finally I saw a road, and when I saw the damn road, I was about two miles away from my damn car. I said, well, I'm back on the road again. And when he fishes, he goes at night by himself, which is how he's been most of his life. Percy had four other siblings, a sister and a brother who both died before Percy could really remember them. The brother who was shot and Percy took care of, he has since passed away. But Percy also had another brother. And what happened with him? Uh, he killed himself. Self, he killed himself, yeah. Suicide. How did, can you tell me just a little bit about that? I know it's a sensitive thing. No, the only thing I can do is just tell you he took my gun and killed himself. Yeah, well, so that, that was what surprised me, was that he came to your house. Um, 
So he came to your house. Were you there? Now, when he done that, I wouldn't. No. Uh-uh. Do you know, like, what was up? Not really. I never, I never did get off into his business. You know, I'm real good about not getting off into people's business. If you got it, you got it. I know he had a problem, but I didn't know what the problem was. Even when that happened, Percy kept working. Back in Percy's shop, next to all the pictures of notable customers, are some other pictures. Pictures of past employees. They tell an interesting story. In one is Percy's ex-wife, Ruby, who used to work there, and after they got a divorce, she continued to work next to Percy and his new girlfriend, Skeeter, who also worked in the shop. His son, Percy Jr., worked there next to his dad, along with a cast of other characters with names like Q-Tip and Whistlebritches. Did everybody miss Whistlebritches? Was he, did he always whistle, or what was the deal? No, I can name no Whistlebritches, because uh, he, like me, he didn't have no ass. His pants always looked like they were whistling. <laughs> so I named him Whistlebritches. <laughs> but every single one of those people is no longer living, including Percy's son, Percy Jr., who died of ALS in his 40s. It makes all the empty chairs in the shop seem a little eerie. There's a lot of ghosts in here. Percy points to an empty space next to his four shoeshine chairs. I had a shoeshine stand right here. A smaller stand. This guy used to uh, shine shoes at the airport. He lost his job at the airport. He was a good shoeshine. I started him to shine shoes. Yeah, he did, too. Really and truly, everybody gone except me and that lady right there. He points to Nell, the skinny woman shining shoes in the stand next to his. So how many years we knew each other, baby? I've been here since 84, about 25 years, 26. Wow. Yeah. And what's he like? He's a good person. He's a good person. He used to be my fiancé, not anymore. Does that mean you got married or that mean you broke yeah, it off? We broke up. We didn't get a chance to get married. <laughs> I probably had to kill him. <laughs> Were you engaged? Yeah, for, for a while, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we was for a while. Yeah, we was engaged for a while. And, uh, and now you... But you still work together. Yeah, yeah I, taught her, I taught her how to change shoes so she could have a way to make a living after we broke up. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what I done. So... We friends. That lady right there, she always hollering, everybody going to me and her. I told her, God damn it, stop saying it. Don't, excuse me. Don't be saying that everybody going to me and you. Your ass going to leave next. If everybody's gone, they're just gone. Quit talking about it. So she got that habit bad. Everybody's going to me and him. Now I'll leave that alone. I talked to a customer of Percy's, a lawyer named Philip. He's been going to see Percy once or twice a week for the last 25 years. And he's observed something about him in the constant hum of his shine service. Something that stands out even more than his work ethic. His consistent generosity. He'll probably give or loan his last dollar to somebody that really doesn't deserve it and never worked as hard as him. Philip has seen Percy pay for bus fare after bus fare, meal after meal for people who just walk in. He says he's never seen him decline a request. He refers to him as a one-man welfare system. And he can't stop. Some people are givers and some people are takers, and he's a giver. So, um, but that is an accurate assessment. I don't think he can stop working, and I don't think he can stop helping people. If you're hungry, I give you a book. Uh, if you need somebody to talk to, I sit down and talk to you. A lot of I got patience with talking to folks. A lot of people, a lot of times, people just need some damn body to talk to. If you got time to, just sit there and listen to him. 
just sit there and listen to them, try to give them a little piece of advice while you're listening. So a lot of times when you sit down and just listen to a person talk that you don't even know them, you'd be surprised what you done done for them. They need somebody to talk to. You know, so that, that's me. Get you out here now. Don't you yep. be locked in? Yep. You be locked in and can't get out. Yep. You know, I'm sitting in the side dropping the door already. All right. How do I get out? You're going to have to go through the alley right there. To the left or right? To the left or to the right. Okay. Get out. Okay. All Neighbors is from Nashville Public Radio and produced by Jacob Lewis with production help from Caleb Shiver. The show's editors are Emily Siner, Mac Linebaugh, and Anita Bug. Music was by Poddington Bear and Dan Burns. Neighbors is a member of The Herd, which is a collection of really great podcasts. You can see them all at theherd, H-E-A-R-D, radio.com. Outside In's theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder, and we will be back in two weeks with a brand new original episode that I'm very excited about. Outside In is a production of New Hampshire Public Radio. 